We're back. We're back. Clint Bruce, Uncle Bruce. What's up? Back for the third time on 38 Challenge Podcast, episode 40. Took a little hiatus. Awesome. Yeah. Took a little That's hiatus. A good number. Yeah. Clint will be back on a bunch, but wanted to uh, kind of shake the cobwebs off. Yeah. And get back into the swing of things, get back to making. Yeah. Awesome conversations that'll help. That'll this is help the part you. where you tell me what you want to talk about, then I go, here's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Well, we already did that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, let's start with, uh, just kind of rip the Band-Aid off here and yeah. start why it's been so long since we've been making these episodes. And, you know, you've seen... I love that. Yeah, you've seen um, kind of what's been going on with me and, sure. and, and, and my mental health. And, you know, I think you saw the person who I was before sure. and then the person during it. Yeah. And, the, you know, um, the same person, but very different. The degrees. And, I mean, it's it's like this redistribution of of our personality. Like it's like, the, I think there's all, a, we all have a form of um, multiple personalities and it's kind of like, hey, which one is driving right now? Right. It's like most of life is like having a 15 passenger van with a 15 different versions of you inside it. And what we're trying to do is make sure the right person's driving. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, so for me, I've dealt with anxiety and depression before. Sure. This brought me to, to my knees. Yeah. It was pretty exponential. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah. Um, and it's just so many lessons learned throughout it um and just the way that i view mental health and anxiety and depression and all of it is just um you know pretty different but you know long story short moved from austin to dallas so yeah. we're now uh hosted in the the high ground in, in the high ground and um you know it's been it's been an absolute pleasure and we thank you for for, yeah. for hosting us here and um you know kind of just decided one day to pick up, you know, you and I were on the, on the, yeah, I remember asking you, I was like, Hey man, who you chasing? And if the people you're chasing, you got to surround yourself with people that you're trying to keep up with. And if you're trying to keep up with someone who's maybe only two or three more years down the road than you, then the best they can ever do for you is get you two or three years down. the road. That's, the, that's your horizon, right? Right. When you're living on the high ground, you just have a, a, a larger perspective over all the kind of humanity and life. And I mean, the, the, the shared life experiences that you could, you, uh, you heard me say this before, like, that's why I love kind of have building this living library around me. And, and, and I try to do my part to contribute to it too. And you've heard me say this before. I say, hey, I was talking to this UFC fighter the other day and I said, hey man, if you and I are fighting and I'm remembering and you're learning, I'm gonna win. Because remembering is faster than learning. Mm -hmm. And when you're deliberate about surrounding yourself with people who have just lived more than you, there's more chances for you to get to learn from them what they learned the hard way. And when your time in that crosshairs comes, you now have an opportunity to remember what they did instead of, uh, you know, learn the hard way what they learned the hard way too. And it's kind of that chase, pace, and pull mentality. And when you were down in Austin, Austin's great, man. It's a fine place. And, but the ecosystem you guys had around you was just plus you, minus you by a little bit of life. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's no, this isn't a, 
isn't a good or bad thing. It's just who you chase. Yeah, and I think, you know, because I remember talking to you and I was like, I want to move to Dallas to, and I have amazing, amazing friends in Austin. And I honestly yeah. love the city. Um, I don't. People that I love and, um, but I, you know, I was, I told you, I was like, you know, I want to, I want to move to Dallas. I want to start to become the man that, that, that God wants me to be. Sure. And what I realized during these last couple months, just a lot of changes, like body, body was broke down. Um, you know, felt like I lost my mind and, um, you know, what people need to understand is like becoming the person who you want to become. For me, I was like, I'm just going to go to Dallas, eliminate distractions, you know, you think it's a light switch, work out, work out twice a day. Yeah. But it, dude, it is a, it is a brutal process changing yeah. who, and turning into, and it's a process that never ends. Um, well, in some of the times when you change your location and, and put advantage yourself where you can do the deep work on yourself, the problem is now you got to do the deep work right. and it feels worse, right? It's the difference between working out and training. Like for me, it's like here, there's just between going to the range and putting yourself in a hostage rescue, a hyper authentic environment. Like you go to the you go to the range and that's marksmanship, right? Because you can't replicate the the fight that you're training for. You drop yourself inside of a shoot house. Now you're replicating uh, the environment. Now you're training, and, and so training's harder than working out because training is right. a campaign, right? You know, it's. Um, it's different going to going to a, a course in a class like a a course has a defined ending, uh, defined beginning, and the class is perpetual, mm -hmm. right? And it's and, and and so it just it feels worse because you're doing more work because you simplified your life and allowed yourself to go deeper. Uh, but that work is often hard, right? And it hurts, dude. And I think you know, I remember laying. And and I'll do a different episode where I kind of detail yeah. the feelings. I think it's important. Like that's worth that's worth its own show. Yeah, exactly. But I just remember being in bed, debilitated by anxiety and depression. Yeah. And for me, I was like, I'm asking for help. Like I'm being vulnerable. I'm mm -hmm. doing all the things mm -hmm. that I'm that I'm talking about. Why do I not feel better? And I think that that really um, changed my perspective on the vision yeah. because there really is nothing harder than working on than going through dark times and, yeah. and working on your on your mental health you know it's, it's, it's kind of like if we stay consistent with like the workout analogy like hey i'll give you points for buying a, a, a gym membership and i'll give you points for going to the gym where you bought the membership or buying a trainer and i'll give you points for going to the gym where you bought the membership and working out but when you really start doing the work is when you go to the gym that you bought a membership on and you and you hook yourself next to someone who knows how to get you where you say you want to go mm -hmm. that always hurts worse right. right but you always get there faster right when you do it that way right. right yeah and you know for me it was like for the first time since high school mm -hmm. i was not exercising yeah for the first time in my life i didn't want to be around people mm -hmm. like just just felt like it wasn't me um and i know that there's so many people out there feeling the same thing right now yeah but but in a way what i tell you is when you're in the right environment it's a safe place to break mm -hmm. breaking always sucks it never feels good but you can advantage yourself 
and, and, and allow yourself to, and we're all broken. What Hemingway say, we're all, we're, we're all broken and we're, most of us are better at the broken spots. And you have Kitsugi, which is the, you know, the Japanese art of uh, using gold to uh, repair broken pottery. And it's more beautiful because the gold right. is in there, right? And surrounding yourself with the right people and going to the right places, what allows you to do is break safely. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we got to break ourselves from these things that, that got us here because a lot of times what got us here won't, won't keep us here it's not enough right right and, and so that's that's the thing you know that old saying like you're the sum of the five people you're around the only thing i just debate on that is whether it's five people seven people nine people uh, uh, that's the only thing I, or three people it's it's just not a debate that that's what happens mm-hmm. but you can choose who you surround yourself with you can choose who you're chasing right you can choose who you're keeping pace with you can co- choose who you're pulling behind you and those create environments where it's safer to go through the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And your body kind of knows that. You know, we, we've talked about this is the, my non-scientific assessment of right. the human machine. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the human machine, the way I tell my daughters is the human machine has four performance systems. You have the body, the brain, the mind, and the soul. And the analogy that I use, the body is a car, the brain is a steering wheel, the mind is the driver, and the soul is this inherent sense of destination, right? Well, fundamentally, the body and the brain are are just machines, but but when I, an autopilot is just a machine, but an autopilot's going to take over when it has to, mm-hmm. and the body and the brain will do that when when and the body and the brain will do that when it feels when it either absolutely has to, or when it feels like it's finally safe to, and sometimes when you're finally doing the deep work, it feels worse. But what's happened is the body and the brain are going like, all right. We're in charge now. Mm-hmm. We, we can't stay in this persistent fight or flight mechanism. So now that we're in a safe environment and we're surrounded by good people, we're just going to freaking shut down and do the stuff that we've needed you to do for a long time. You know, you know, monkey brain takes over. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to do what we've been asking you to do. But it's there, there's that movie. Um, it's a horribly sad movie. I went and saw my girls and I was like, I'm crying. Like I was, I didn't want them to see me crying. But it's that movie Inside Out. Right, you know the things of Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah. And there's all these different personalities had voices inside the person. That is not an inaccurate statement of what's going on. Not at all, man. And at some point in time, the 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 voices that are in charge of keeping you alive, they just kind of go, "All right, dumb dumb, we're taking the wheel," and it feels horrible, but it gets you to do the stuff that we should have been doing all along. Hundred percent. Yeah, and I think, you know forget who says it but maybe it's jim carrey or he's quoting someone but he talks about depression he's and a it, profound guy man yeah it, it, he, he talks about depression and and really what it is 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 deep rest and for me depression deep rest and for me the hardest thing for me to do was rest i remember rest feels idle yeah i'm not and I, yeah i'd resting and taking a step back and you know prioritizing space and understanding that you can't go 100 miles an hour all the time like those were huge lessons for me man and like one that put yeah. me on my ass hey man scripture is clear be still and know that i am god yep and i'm like i know that you god uh do i still need to be still it's like it's not be still and know that i'm god when you it's like it's pretty clear and mm-hmm. like all right if you're not going to be still i'm gonna help you be still so I can so I can do what I do, right? So 
So it feels worse, but it's better, right? Right. And Leg day always sucks until game day. Yeah. Leg day sucks till game day. Unless you're Lucas, then Lucas loves leg day. I love leg day too. I'm just saying it hurts. But on game day, now leg day doesn't hurt anymore. Like ask Saquon Barkley, like dude, like he's like a sycamore tree thighs, right? Dude, like yeah. those legs days hurt till you truck Nick Chubb over the Browns, man. Looking at my Le- chicken legs. Right leg now. day hurts right. till you're trucking somebody. And you know, we talk about finite and infinite games, and there's mm. not a whole lot more infinite than trying to. Um, win the war on suicide. Yeah, that's, that's you know, it's one of these things. Like, hey, uh, this is a long, this is a long fight. You know, and, and I know what you're referencing. Um, you know, this is a, it's a, in the military, and not unique to the military, but the military is what's rightly being studied right now aggressively. Um, and what we're paying attention to as veterans is the number of veterans that we're losing suicide. And so, one of the things you can you got to kind of come to grips with is it's going to happen. It's going to hit your world. And in order to stay in the fight, you got to figure out what to do when it happens. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, unfortunately that's something we're all kind of processing this week with a loss of a great friend. And, you know, I was talking to one of my buddies about it. I said, man, I had to build this kind of process that allows me to endure this so I can stay in the fight to stop this and I, I don't know this is right or wrong it's just what helped me is is and I told you this too I said um I kind of have these three phases and the first phase is I allow myself to be mad at that person uh, and we don't want to be because we feel like that diminishes them or it's disrespectful of their memory or it's 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 negative but if we really sit back and think about it the people that make us most mad in the world are just the people we love. Like only the people we love can hurt us that much. And so most of our lives, we can remember us where we were so mad at this person we loved uh, because that's who we're most vulnerable to. And what happens when we allow ourselves to be righteously mad is what always happens when we're mad at those we love. The mad fades and then we just love them again, right? Mm-hmm. Like my wife's mad at me most of the time, right? It's just periodic enough to where she loves me more than she's mad at me. So it's an honest feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And when we do that, then the anger will fade and just the love is left right. as it should be. And the second thing I learned to ask myself was, hey, did, did this person, did I have a role in this person having more days than they would have without me? Big role, little role, a role. Um, and the third question is, were the quality of those days that I had a role in helping them have, were they better? And, and again, putting myself through those questions is not to make it okay. It's not going to be okay. But it allows me to stay in the fight. You know, it's, I was talking to a guy up at a ATF earlier today, and we we're talking about time stewardship. You know, and all of us, you know, guilt is something that only the good wrestle with. Only the good wrestle with guilt, right? Um, and so when we feel guilty, it's it's an indicative of, of the fact that we're good, you know. And so, like, only the good wrestle with guilt. So we need to wrestle with it well. Or we just not need to be good. We just be shitbirds and right. not worry about it anymore, yeah. right? But I'm, I'm not going to do that. So now i got to figure out how to wrestle well with this thing called guilt. Right. And, um, you know... Survivor's Guild in particular is like, hey, why do I have time 
that those I love and miss uh, don't anymore. Uh, for however we lost them. And for me, the analogy I've kind of put myself in is like if I'm in a big fight and my buddy goes down because he's hurt or we lost him, I, I, I use his rounds so I can win this fight. I'd much rather his, his rounds be with him. I'd much rather him be next to me in the fight. But I got to win this fight, right? And so I don't want to use – I wish I didn't have to use time that those I love and miss don't have anymore. But to not use those time, to not use my time. I mean, the worst thing we could do is waste the time we have that those we love and miss do not, whether we feel like we deserve it or not, mm -hmm. right? Because I have these seconds and minutes, and, and I can either use – I can either ponder why I have it, and, and he doesn't, and I certainly do that, um, or I can put those minutes to work and try to – Try to two x or three x the the ROT the return on time. Right. Um, it's kind of like hey, I'm 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 living for for him and her too. And when you live like that, when you have this kind of sense of urgency, again, this, none of this makes it okay. And like I, there's a lot I trade back to have my dad past 1992, right? Um, and I can either spend time mourning that, or I can spend time missing him and doing the work I know he would have done and what he thought was important for me to do. And in doing that, I've stewarded my time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of talked about it yesterday on those second and third points. Yeah. But I just remember with Matt and I think another important, like another interesting thing that I, that I found through going through, and isolating depression yeah. and anxiety is yeah. how much time you spend with your thoughts and how quickly those thoughts turn into things that you've done in the past mm -hmm. that you've never thought about yeah. and you beat yourself up. You're like, you're sure. like, this is why this is happening because I yeah. did this five years ago. But I remember thinking a lot about, about Matt and, um, you know, when you, when you, when you said the second and third points, which really revolves around, did we have an impact did we make this person's yeah. life better? And I remember one time, a couple times. This was this was in December and January before we lost Matt. This, this time, you yeah, spent with Matt. exactly. Yeah, I spent so I spent you know three months with him. Um, yeah, so so rewarding. I'm so glad that, that God gave me that. But we work out with each other twice a day. And and how would he describe those days? Yeah, he said day? he said um, you know we always at the end of the day my mom would always ask us you know what was your highlight of the day yeah. and every single time he'd say working out with Brant yeah. every time and then so question number two. Your answer is yes. Yeah, exactly. And, and then I've reason to believe that he had more days with me than he would have without me. Right. And then the you know another time I remember we were praying. Um, and he he was praying for us, and he was just like, "God, it you know, I thank you so much for um, for my brother and how much he means to me." And those are the things that I'll never that I'll never forget, man. And I just for for who he was to me and how much he meant to me, for to see that not only love because i know he loved me but yeah. to see that respect yeah. that he had towards me man like it gives me i mean i've got chills right there's, now but. there's a difference between putting something away and putting it in its place mm. we don't want to put it away i don't want to put i don't want I, I don't want to miss my dad less i want to miss my dad better i don't want to miss my friends less i want to just miss him better and for me missing him better means putting it in its place not putting it away not putting it in a box putting it in the attic and only see it when i remember here. like I, I want to walk by the picture every day miss him and know that i'm using the time that I have, right? That, right? That's how I say I love you is I, I use the time. I, I, I do what you taught me to do with the time that I have that you don't. And, and again, 
there's a difference between putting it in its place and putting it away. And I'm not telling anybody to put it away. I don't want to forget these people. I just want to live with what I learned from them while I had them, right? And that's called putting it in its place. Right. So that's, I guess, what I've tried to do with that kind of three-step deal is put it in its place. Not put it away, put it on the shelf, put it where I see it every day, put it where it reminds me of who I said it'd be when I was with them. Uh, put it where I remember who they said I could be even when I didn't believe it. That's putting it in its place. That is not putting it away. And what those th- what those three questions allow people to do because, you know, we're trying to save people from taking their lives, mm-hmm. but we're also trying to support the people who are left 100%. who are left behind. And that's what those three questions yeah. do. Is they yeah, support and, and listen, I'm not saying those are the three right questions. I'm just saying this is what I've learned to ask myself. Right. So I'm not telling anybody what to do. But when someone asks me what I do, here's what I do. And if that's useful and helpful, then, man, use it, grab it. Because um, there's work to be done. Like, I got to stay in the fight. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, you know, that's one I was talking to one of my friends one time. I was really struggling. And I think I've said this to you before. And this is all a projection, right? This is this is my best thinking that I can have as you're kind of contemplating that decision. As a guy who's come you know, close to it, um, in a few ways, uh, I think most good people want to count more than they cost. And so when you start feeling like you cost more than you count, that virtuous, noble part of you will will start speaking up again, but it's but it's misaligned. And, and what it tells you is, hey, maybe everybody would be better if you stopped costing so much. And what I've told my friends is like, hey, I can't stop you from asking that question. You know, you're... You, I'm not in your. I can't tell you to not ask that question. What I can tell you is, don't answer it for me. Mm-hmm. Like, don't answer that question for me. You can ask yourself that question, but you can't answer. That's my question to answer. And if you ask me if I'm gonna be better without you than I am with you, the answer is no. Let me answer it now. Let me answer it before you even ask yourself the question. Because when you're gonna ask that self your question, it's not when I'm around you, not when we're together. It's gonna be when you're by yourself. And so when you ask that question, let me go ahead and answer it for you. Right? No, I'm not better without you. Right? And let me tell you how much you cost or count, not you, mm-hmm. right? Um, and again, it's it's just harder. It's only the good wrestle with guilt, man. And I mean, I, I wasn't sure I was going to talk about this, but I wrestled with the same because you and I talked about it. You know, you wrestle mm-hmm. with those those thoughts, man. And dude, um, the the thoughts you're just talking about, right? Like, you know, I don't necessarily want to be here. And for me, that was such a, such a selfish thought. Um, you've lived on the other side of that question. And, and I'm so glad that I listened to my own advice because every time I was in a really bad place, dude, I mean, I I remember calling you crying, like, Mm -hmm. um, calling, you know, multiple different people that, that I love and respect and just, if I didn't, if I didn't call those people that I loved and who cared about me, I don't know. If you answered the question for me, right? If you'd answer the question you're asking yourself for them, right? Somebody else don't. And that was my point. Is like every time I would call someone and talk about, um, kind of what I was going through. Every single time, they're like, you don't understand how much you are loved and how much of an impact yeah. you have on other people. That's it. Yeah. And just hearing that, it was like okay, this sucks. Um, we'll get through it. I don't know when. I don't know how. And that's a 
that's a difficult um, place to be in. One of the things that's powerful to tell people, I mean, it's amazing to hear that you're loved. That's really important. In a weird way, that could make me feel worse. I'm already contemplating my value proposition of you when you tell me how much you love you. You love me, then it, then it makes me feel that much more responsible for wasting your time. That's my own internal dialogue. I'm not projecting. Right. But when you say you're making such a difference in other people's lives, when, you, when you're ratcheting up the count and reducing the cost, you know, I just had this conversation with a, with a tier one bubble the other. He's an amazing guy. I love him. Is that the one that's here right now? Yeah. yeah. And one of the things I told him, I said, hey, man, um, you'll, you'll let yourself down way sooner than you'll let other people down. So if you're not doing this for you, you know, do it for the ones that help someone discover what you're trying to remember about yourself. Mm-hmm. So do it for somebody else. And, and, and indirectly, you're going to be doing it for yourself. Now, I can't tell you how many times I've done the right thing because I knew someone was watching, not because I wanted to, or the hard thing, not necessarily the right thing, doing, doing the hard thing because someone was watching, not because I wanted to. And on the other side of doing the hard thing, I'm glad I did it. It almost doesn't matter why I do the right thing, right? right. And improving's a difficult deal, you know, and especially if you're, like one of the things that you're doing at 30 Challenge is you're attacking the stigma of mental health. Epictetus says, if you want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and crazy in your own day. Something like that, right? Because um, improvement is hard. And, and my deal is always always making sure people know the difference they're making. And it's always more so than most people think. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and also, I, I like the point that you made because when you're in, when you're experiencing depression, everything that it's said to you yeah. is through the lens of depression. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, you know, people like someone can say you're loved, you're making a difference. It's like, well, what am I doing right now? My, you know, I'm in bed. Like I'm yeah. doing, I'm doing nothing. And then you start to beat yourself up more and then that anxiety increases. And then you're stuck in yeah. this. Depression is like having a conversation with yourself inside a waterfall. Yeah. You're like, Dude. you know, a, a hot waterfall, not even a cool cascading one. Right. Right. And, you know, and, and that's my deal. It's like, that's why, going back to why you came out from Hoss, it's like, man, you got to bear people who, who you listen to more than yourself sometimes. And then you need to listen to them, right? You know, this internal dialogue is, is taking, seizing control, that's a really big deal. Um, and recognizing that if you're having a conversation with someone and they're not there, it's probably wrong. I tell my bride this all the time. Like, hey, if you and I are fighting, can you just make sure I'm there? Because like, whatever game theory version of Clint. Like, I don't like that guy either. I'd have never said that. But right. in her mind, I come home. We've had this fight 10 times. I ain't gotten home yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what did Clint number seven say? Because I like, you, you give me a chance to mess this conversation up with these fictional Clints that you're talking to. That's not me, right? But we all do that. Right. We, all, we all, hey, here's what Brandon thinks about me. I had this conversation with this really cool girl, man. She's, she's going to Annapolis, and I'm really, really proud of her. And her sister's amazing too. Just really special family. And I say, hey, what's your greatest fear? She was disappointing the people I love. I'm like, that's awesome. That's a great fear. Do you know what disappointing them is? And she goes, what do you mean? I said, if you asked them, if your greatest fear is disappointing someone, then you, you might just ask them what, what dis- that looks like. disappointing yeah. them actually is. Right. right? So I challenged you. I said, um, hey, go ask the seven people you love most in the world. Hey, give me three ways I can disappoint you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then don't do those things. 
and do believe them. Right. Right. Hey, I didn't do these three things, and I don't think you're a liar. So if I've not done these things and I believe you're telling me the truth, then I haven't disappointed you. Absolutely. And I trust you to tell me that I have. Like we, we, we self-regulate and we self-correlate our role in these relationships. And it's, and it's pretty unwise to do that, right? Because, you know, shoot, I shouldn't, I shouldn't listen to myself talk about myself sometimes. So how am I going to, how, with any integrity, am I going to pretend I know what that person is going to say? Especially, especially when you're in depression. In depression. That's like, like everything that your mind is telling you, do the opposite. Yeah. Literally do the opposite. Stay in, yeah, your mind's telling you to stay in bed, get the As hell a up. knee-jerk reaction, hey, 100, 180 degrees of what that voice just told me. Right. I told my daughter one time, I said, you know, I said about everybody has an inside voice, an internal voice. And what your father figured out is at about 45 years old, I realized that my, my internal voice is just an asshole. Like he's just not a good dude. Right. But if I don't, if I don't own the language, I'm giving them the mic. Like stress is like a open mic night at a bad bar mm-hmm. and the big boys are going to try to get their mic as a default. But all you have to do is, 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 is script and program what you're going to say. And then he just goes to the drum set. And so, um, we talk about this book a lot, winning the war in your mind. Yeah. I just gifted, um, one to, to DV and, it's my third time going through the book. Yeah. And I, so I, I looked at my my answers the first two times I went through mm-hmm. it. And then I was like, like. Have they matured? Have they evolved? Dude, so much. Like in the yeah. beginning it was like, because it asked it asked you questions like, are your thoughts, um, like one of the, like it the first chapter of the book, you do a, a thought audit. So you write down your thoughts throughout the day and you think about them. So the first half is, is um, you know, offensive questions. Yeah. So are you, you know, offensive and and defensive? And one of the questions is, you know, are your thoughts building you up or tearing you down? So it's a list of like 20 questions. Yeah. The first time I went through it, I was like, my thoughts are building me up. Like, like, um, here's the right answer. Yeah. It was like, it was like, my thoughts are building me up. Here's what you want to hear. Here's what you want to hear me say. I'm super confident. Um, you know, like I, you know, I think I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And like, and then the second time I went through it, Mm -hmm. It was like, are your thoughts building you up? It was like, my thoughts are destroying me. Yeah. Right? Like, are your thoughts honoring God? Like, m- the only thoughts I have about are, are myself. Yeah. And so going through that book the third time, I was like, so this is what it feels like to be going through war yeah. in your mind. And dude. Most of life is mortaring, man. Right. For those, and most of the listeners ideally don't know, have never mortared anything before or been mortared. Uh, that's awful. Um, I haven't. So. But mortaring, <laughs> the mortaring is this like just acknowledgement that you're not going to be right for a little bit. And it's like boom, 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 boom. And you bracket your way in. One of the most confused I've ever been is like we hit something the first time. I was like, more hit. Right. Like, what do we do? I'm like, I don't know, man. I've never hit anything the first time. Like, nobody move. Fire for effect, right? Yeah, and, and, right. But I mean, that's really what it is, is that's why I'm a fan of doing things multiple times, right? It's like, oh, man. It, it, because you're in a different season in your life and, 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 and you have these different perspectives. And I love that you're writing it down so you can see, like, feelings are real, but they respect facts. And it's a fact that that's how you felt the first time you read it. It's a fact that's how you read it the second time. And understanding those two as facts allows you to mature and adjust the trajectory. Well, and it also showed me, like, and, you know, my prayer 
was for God to turn me into the person I want to be. And we talked about yeah. this too, but be ready for that one. Yeah, he's gonna. yeah, exactly. And I was like, but when you're in it, you know, that's, you're not like, man, this yeah. is awesome. Like, like, oh, I, I love that. I'm finding that my thoughts are destroying me. It's like, but you have to go through that fire and you have to, because what the first two times I went through the book yeah, and the first time I went through the book was after Matt died mm-hmm. and I was building the 38 challenge yeah. and I was, you know, was so passionate about it, and obviously I thought highly of of myself for 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 right or wrong. But obviously that wasn't a great time in my life. Well, no. Well, hold on. Like, let's be let's be wrong then and wrong now are different animals, right? Like right then, that's that's the right way to feel. All, all you learn. I mean, I want to be intentional about this. Just because you felt that way then doesn't mean you were wrong then. Right, true. Just because you felt differently the next time you did it doesn't mean you're wrong then. And now that you feel the way, what that means is we change, we evolve. Right. Right. And 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 and, and it, you, I think one of the things I say is like, there's no at, there's no X on the map that you get to the house, the spouse, the car, the job. This is my belief. There's no X on the map that you get to and everything's great. What there is is X is on a map worth going to and people worth going with. And I believe you bounce around towards Jesus till you meet him. Mm-hmm. And once you realize that, you know, the, this is an adventure, you give yourself grace. And, and when you recognize that your mistakes are milestones for other people, like, hey, I can turn my mistakes into data points for you. I can allow you, to, the more authentic and honest I am, the more I allow you to remember what I learned the hard way. Right. And, we, you know, if you look at life as like this tapering triangle towards this destination that we want, then you just kind of bounce and like pinball towards 100%. the end state. And when you look at life that way, you give yourself grace to be imperfect in the pursuit of that. Right. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. And I, I, I think for me, I, I realized, though, that, you have to go through the valley. Like, the value that I gained from that book, yeah. There's a tapering. Right. 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 So, yeah, you got to recognize the inefficiency. The value I gained in that book through being at my low points was way, way more than the value I got from the book from being at the high points. And it's because I actually had to do the work and yeah. really pay attention to what, to my thoughts and, yeah. like, okay, how do I escape these these negative thought patterns and how do I create a mindset? And I'm trust me still working on it but how do you create a mindset that is positive and that yeah, honors man, God? you're asking i watch you and lucas do this all the time i'm really proud of you and one of the things i think about all the time is like you're asking yourself hard questions and answering them honestly decades sooner than a lot of us did right what that means is you're going to have this authentic life that's loaded with the appropriate weight of life for longer than a lot of us right so and and, and that's you know imperfectly perfect right that kind of thing right. my deal is like you know and that's why we got to surround ourselves with people like I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna allow you to be dishonest with yourself even with the bad stuff mm-hmm. like we talk about it's like hey i need people to tell me the truth the thing with that is we typically say that in this critical sense i need people to call me out why don't i listen to them when they're calling me out on the good stuff too like I need to weight the good stuff as much as I do the bad stuff, right? And even more. You're like, hey, Clint, you're chubby. I'm like, shut up. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, Clint, you make people feel good about themselves. Why is that so much harder for me to accept, right? 
So I got to knock that off. Because either you're a liar when you say that to me. One of us is lying to me. Why is that, man? Why is it so hard? Because I'm the same way. Like People are like, it's like when people say like, you're making such an impact. It's like I don't believe them. It's well, so I, just... th- I think it's. I think there's a primal instinct. I think, I think there's a difference between. Uh, I think being being safe is scary because 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 it's hard to believe it, right? And so I think there's just this um, urgency or this this desire to not be done yet. Like you can be doing a good job and not be done yet. Like when you were an athlete, if right. a coach told you great job in the second quarter you could accept that and and not quit the game hey you got two more quarters so you got to look at these kind of positive feedback loops as like you know you're you know i have this series as a linebacker man and i go sit on the bench i'm well served to believe my coach when he tell me i did a good job and get ready for the next one and we just got to know that like hey this is a compliment that acknowledges my efforts in the recent history it's not saying you're done and it's not saying you can stop now it's data. It's a data point. It's a feedback, right? And right. we need those. We need the positive as much as the negative. Neither of them are inherently good or bad. Um, we vilify one for the other when we weight them one more than the other. They're just data. Yeah, and I, you know, what I'm again starting to to see now is to that point is the importance of celebrating your wins. I remember at the yeah. at the 38 challenge, you pulled yeah. me aside and you were like, I "Need you to." slow down for a second yeah. look at all that you've accomplished and you've always that's always been such a hard thing for me is to like not look at it as like okay we we accomplish it what's next right like take take some time to celebrate which is not a bad mindset to have yeah. but taking that taking that and I, and I hope I said this I don't know if I said this and if I didn't I apologize but I, I wanted to is like hey I want you to see what you've done I'm not telling you you're done yet I'm not saying I think you're done yet and I'm not I'm just saying you've done good, and that's how you go to the next series. Like, the best running backs, they don't score touchdowns every series. You know, they get closer, 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 right? If, you know, if the threshold is like you're only a good running back when you score a touchdown every time you have the ball, well, that's not, that's not realistic. That's not how – I got 11 dudes that want to break your heart on defense, right? Right. So, so we, we have to accept progress, and we have to accept positive momentum not as permission to be done yet, but as a data point that says, remember I say there's a difference between being lost and being wrong? Mm-hmm. I, I, the one thing I can't be is lost. And I don't like being wrong, but wrong means I'm still on the map. I'm not lost. Right. right? And I, got, I can work with wrong. I can get better at wrong. And the trick is just to be, you know, let, just make new mistakes, be less wrong over time. That's all endurance is. Endurance and competition is being... Uh, wrong less for longer than your competition. And did I remember? I remember calling you, and we were talking about the things I was I was going through, and I was like, you know, I say there's a difference between being wrong and lost. Mm-hmm. You're like, yep. And I was like, dude, I'm so lost. And you're like, well, we're lost together, so therefore yeah. we're just wrong. <laughs> well, one of the things, yeah, is like if you know you if you if you know you're lost, you're probably just wrong, right? Because to be lost is to be clueless, you know, and. Or, or to not be willing to do the work. If if you're if you feel lost and you don't want to be lost anymore, now you're just wrong because you know where you are and you know where you want to be. That's lost, where I was. Lost yeah. is not knowing anything. That's right. And I, trying to be okay with it. That's where I was. I was. I was lost. 
yeah, like I was you lost. Felt, you felt lost. I felt lost, but I knew I was wrong and I was afraid of the amount of work that it was going to take to get out of the spot that I was in. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's why that's why creating those X's is important. Right. right? And there's usually like one big X. There's a lot of little X's on the way there, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 just being patient for the process. I, I say, man, be patient for the process and just make new mistakes. And if you're patient for the process, you make new mistakes. When you go back and you look at the books or you take your notes, you can see progress. That's one of the things I've learned like way late in my life. Some of the some of the most amazing people I've ever known. I mean, my teammates at Navy, Drew, Ben, um, a, a, a bunch of guys, they they journaled like way sooner than I did. Mm-hmm. And Matt, you know, um, one of my greatest guys in the teams, right? And one of the things he told me one time is like, I don't journal so I can remember what I did. I can journal so I can see the progress I've made. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like it, for, I, it became a, it, it felt less like a diary and more like a, uh, a, a, a progress. I mean, it was just really interesting, man. And learning how to do that's been, 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 been pretty, pretty cool. Right. One of the, I will, we'll wrap up here soon. One of the, one of the things that helped me and continues to help me is looking at the spot that I was in and then writing how getting through this would help people down the road. Because now when I talk, I talked to the same tier one guy that you did yesterday and we had a 30 minute conversation about mental health. Yeah. Now I can talk to him and understand. I mean, obviously different different situations yeah, but pain's pain pain's pain and the fe- like the f- he the feeling he was like th- three weeks ago i couldn't get out of bed yeah. and i was like dude isn't that crazy how and we were just like talking like the, the same language when before i'd never been in like debilitated yeah but now you know going th- going through it and i remember writing like in i would write in my journal and i would say like the fact that you're going through this now means that you'll be able to relate to people on a deeper level. You're going to allow someone to remember what you learned the hard way. Right, yeah, when you get through yeah. it. And that's why the the map imagery just makes so much sense to me. Is like For, for me, it's like you've heard me say it a million times. There's four maps I'm living on, the ball field, the battlefield, the boardroom, the breakfast table. For seasons of my life, those were literal. The ball field was a literal map. The battlefield was a literal map, the boardroom. Now for me, the ball field is how I guide and govern this 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 process of performing at a high level mentally and physically like read that's why i told that guy i said hey man you're helping people discover what you're trying to remember Mm -hmm. and that's virtuous and noble and purposeful um and it makes the pain of having to remember it less right uh the the battlefield is how i guide and govern this desire to protect those who have been entrusted me morally mentally spiritually and physically so like for me the breakfast table is the base map you press on google maps first map pops up these others are the layers on top of it and so I just got to make sure these X's are complementary and supportive of each other. It's like I've got units flanking each other, maintaining perspective as each of us takes our ground toward this X we say is important to us. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, and all maps are, man, they're four boundaries in an X that you think is right. Mm-hmm. And building the boundaries, frankly, is perhaps the most important thing. Like, you know, I told you a story about that young guy really successful young guy and he's like man i'm alone like i want to have a family i'm like where's your map he goes i don't have one so i grabbed this piece of pen paper and i wrote on this i said you know don't marry a girl you meet after midnight when you're both drunk on friday night 
don't marry a girl you meet after midnight when you're both drunk on Saturday night. <laughs> Make sure she's not a serial killer. Hope she loves Jesus. He's like, real makes better than your map. You don't even have a map. Right, right. And I put this X there. I said, married in three years, father in five. And he's like, real? I'm like, I don't know, but any of this is better than not having a map. Right, just go towards but it. But that son of a gun's about to get engaged, man. And, right. And he's like, how do I make progress? I'm like, I, I, I'll tell you what I did. You know, I met Amy first night. I said, will you marry me? And she's like, can we go on a date? I'm like, yep. <laughs> and uh, I said, you're the prettiest girl I'll ever say yes to a date with me. So I'm either going to keep asking you to marry me until you say yes or call the cops. So just, you know. And uh, so we went out on that um, second night. And then I had to go back early because I was on academic probation per standards at the Naval Academy. <laughs> and uh, I went by to see her. And she handed these tapes to me. That's how old I am. She gave me six cassette tapes. It was Tommy Nelson's Song of Solomon, how the Bible tells us to to date, court, and get married. Mm. She's like, if you want to date me, you'll listen to these. I'm like, you're hot. I'll listen whenever you want to. <laughs> yeah, right. It'd be Carl Sagan's Universe. I'm going to listen to this thing over and over again. But, man, I listened to that thing twice. Um, what she was really giving me was a map. Mm-hmm. And, and she said, hey, this is a map. My creator gave me and you. So it's not like she built the map. She's like, here's the map. Dating is this. And then courting is this. And then getting married is this, right? And I didn't have to break trail, man. I just had to be consistent with a well-laid path in front of me. And right. and the cool thing about living in community is living in community with people is like a cheat code to build the maps. And I tell people, it's like, all the borders are no more than, no less than, not with, not without, no sooner than, no later than. Um, you know, just whatever these kind of boundaries are. And when you live around people, you get a lot of insight into good borders and boundaries, right? And I think I told you this before, reduction is progress. It's a weird thing, man. When you're going in between maps, ball field, battlefield, boardroom, like we know that reduction, discipline is more don't than do. And we know this on the ball field. We know this on the battlefield. And all of a sudden I came to the boardroom and I wanted to try everything because I was scared, not because I was capable and stuff, but I had to remember like, not only is reduction progress, knowing what I don't wanna do, not where I don't wanna live, knowing what I, like reduction is the most ruthless and aggressive and productive form of progress. When you start ruling stuff out, then the X is just kind of leap off the page towards you, right? So start building maps, man. And that's kind of what you, that's kind of what you, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come to Dallas, not Austin, okay. I'm not gonna do this, I am gonna do this. I'm not gonna go there, I am gonna go there. I'm not gonna, I am gonna. Those are just boundaries. Well, yeah, and you know, you know, you know the the reason for a lot of the reason why and it's, you know, saying no to um, you know, certain things in my life sure. that were not serving me anymore. Sure. Maybe they never did. Um and like you said, like it's and when you start to take those things out, that's a hard thing too. Super hard. Man, I have this issue with this whole New Year's resolutions thing. I told people a couple years ago, I said, man, I don't, they said, what is your New Year's resolutions? Like, I don't make resolutions. I make reductions. Mm. So I have New Year's reductions because I'm redlined right now. So if I want to do anything more or better, something's got to go. And that's when I came up with my daily dots. Right. When you're doing long-term stuff, it's hard to see what you did that year. So it's easier for me to know what I didn't do that day than what I actually did do. By default, I did something if I didn't do these things. So for me, the daily dots are kind of my, this is, this is what, hey, at the end of the day, I'll know I did or didn't do these things. And so it was do one thing, you know, do one thing more, one thing less, one thing differently, one thing new, one thing I miss, one thing that scares me, and then one thing the same, because I don't suck at everything, right? 
and I, and I have it. It's a qu- I'll show it to you. This ball field battle for the boardroom breakfast table. The dots down. You here. gave me one. I've been doing. Yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, and and I was I was just about to say, maybe we. I mean, maybe we provide that as a resource. Sure. For people. I love that, man. But it also is very helpful when you're going through depression because you know, like, okay, what? It helps you not feel lost. Yeah. It's like what. What made me feel good today? Okay, exercise, sun, talking to a friend. I'm going to do more of that. And it also gives you permission to accept progress for not doing something. Right. Hey, I didn't do this. Right. Like LinkedIn is my Facebook, man. LinkedIn, it starts out productive, catch up with people, proud of them, send a note to them, and then I start competing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's some guy. I'm like, he's he's so much smarter than me. He's like, I'm better looking at least smarter. Right. And it's like it becomes this wormhole for me. So, like, uh, it's consistent. One of my do one thing less it's be on linkedin so i literally had that so like i log out dude me too log into linkedin log out i deleted and, and, then, and then i forgot i had that password thing so it just as soon as i click on all right, <laughs> yeah. logs in, all right so then i had to put another browser so linkedin is in another browser that i gotta remember is open but it was a byproduct of do one thing less i've probably gotten i would say somewhere between two to three hours back in a week of just because it's not an open tab on my main browser. Dude, and I did this. I did the exact same thing with Instagram and um, yeah, I deleted I deleted Instagram, Snapchat, LinkedIn off my phone yeah. because I was looking and I was taking inventory of what made me feel good and what made me feel bad. Yeah. And social media fa- made me feel so much worse. And I was spending so much time on it. Yeah. I was like, I'm deleting this off my app. So I got my old iPhone. It's so it's so old that it's still you can still plug your cord yeah. into the yeah, iphone yeah. so yeah. i got so i deleted them off my phone and i downloaded those social media apps you don't talk about how old that is <laughs> no, mind, it's, it's not a blackberry and then i put it on a cassette tape um but no so i so i put it on the old phone yeah so that i don't so it's not on my phone that i use all the time so i love that you just said that i was actually just about to recommend that but you're already doing it yeah i got a friend who is somewhat i mean his, his business is on the social media that's right? what ours so is too not. yeah that's what ours is too so yeah. what he did is he got his old phone and it's a social media phone. He has his main phone, and he carries his social. But the, but the but the act of having to reach in his pocket, put this one down, pick this, like it 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 throttles him and regulates him. So you you're doing. I here I thought he was really smart. I'm like, Brant Brant was doing that too. And he's younger than you. Dummy. Well, I said what I'm gonna do is just keep it in this room and then block an hour off of my schedule. So the only time I can be on social media is when I'm creating content in this room. Yeah. But listen, let's celebrate the fact that you put it on a separate phone. Right. You got my main phone, then my, my, my Insta phone. Like, even that, even marginalizing immediate access to it, like, that's brilliant. That's like, that's like putting ice cream in the refrigerator out in the garage. Like, like, you know, I like ice cream, but I also like sitting down. So there's times where, like, do I want to sit down or do I want to walk out to the garage and get the ice cream? Well, if I walk out in the garage, dogs are going to jump on me. Then I'm going to get bit by my dog again. I just sit here. Right. But it's, it's just these little things. It's like deliberately disadvantaging ourselves, keeping it within our lives, but not being a slave to it by by proxy. Dude, and that's and that's what I realize is how much, how much, of social media is an addiction, and how and much dopamine. You listen to Huberman talk about that. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and that ought to give you some grace for it too. You're not undisciplined. No, you're, it's, you're human. Right, right. And there's so many people who are in the same boat. Like it's it's. It's scary, man. And like when I delete off my phone, I would like literally get that itch for it. I'd be like, yeah. reach my phone and be like, oh wait, it's not there anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, it's nuts. Oh, I love these, man. These are good. I'm, listen, I'm I'm proud of the progress you're making. You need to be too. Uh, if you want to argue about it, I'm gonna win. Um, 
you know, like with Isaac, well, let's play a game. He's like, this is one of those ones you always win. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> and I'll make you feel good because at least you're playing it, right? right. Um, but, uh, you know, that living out loud and living authentically gives other people permission to do the same thing. And um, and, and so it's, it's exciting to see you, you know, these moments of, you know, reflection, recalibration, um, restoration, they feel... You know, when I talk about reloading, like the difference between being excellent lead is do you reload when others relax? But here's what reloading is. For me, reloading is review, rest, recover, revel. So so it's deliberate stillness, right? And that's, you know, that's when you're getting shot at, sometimes the best thing to do is you get cover, you stay where you are, right? Right. And um, so, yeah, that absence was a, 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 a absence is the wrong way to describe it because it makes it sound negative. It is. It was forced stillness, forced, uncomfortable, incredibly important, very relevant stillness, right? Right. Yeah. Well, now we're in the same spot, so we'll be yeah, able man. to uh, do, do a lot more of these. Yeah, that, I mean, this has been a massive upgrade to the yeah. studio. 100%. I thought I was so cool because I had like these old iPhones set up and their cameras, and Lucas is just like, oh, that's neat, it's cute. Like, what are you gonna do? Then I come down there's like, this is actually looks pretty yeah. legit. So. <laughs> like a, so this is like a functioning facility. So, love you, proud of you. Love you, man. Uh, Thirty-eight challenge. Excited to see that grow. Know it's a blessing to others, and know that you're not done yet. So just take the compliment and don't make it weird. I won't. That's why I tell Amy's like, you look beautiful, and then she's. I was like, will you not argue me? Like, if I'm, if I'm gonna tell you you're pretty. Just say thank you. Like, I don't want to argue with you about it, right? Well, thank you. Yeah, you bet, bud. So. <laughs> Later. Talk to y'all soon. Later.